गुरु वचना गुरु परंपरा की जाए हरिनाम प्रभु की जाए श्री जगन्नाथ स्वामी की जाए जगन्नाथ राहत यात्रा महामहोत्सव की जाए श्री जगन्नाथ रात यात्रा की जाए बहुत भक्तवृंद की जाए बहुत प्रेम आनंद बोल हरि बोल स्पीक ब्रीफली दिस मॉर्निंग इन रिलेशन टू हरिनाम नाम मोहिमा ग्लोरिफिकेशन ऑफ द नेम एंड at the conclusion of the talk we're going to give blessing to chant the name on the uh, japa mala to two of our students so a day of initiation to begin again and try to take advantage of the divine and magnanimous dispensation of chaitanya mahaprabhu in the form of nam sankirtan relative to jagannath puri dham and the, the holy place of the uh, residents of Jagannath whose festival we're celebrating this weekend as we do annually there in Puri Jagannath Puri seaside town all centered around Jagannath Jagannath means lord of the universe many different conceptions about who he is held by different religious sects and by the secular world also the buddhist tantric buddhists worship him and the Advaitins worship him as much as they are opposed to worship. They worship him readily. They're there, different types of uh, Vaishnav sects. Ramanuja, and the Sri Vaishnav sect, the leader there, came to Puri to adjust the worship. Of course, he woke up somewhere else the next morning. That's another story. Jagannath asserted himself to some extent to uh, Ramanuja, but no one more than to Sri Man Mahaprabhu. even the secular world as i mentioned also the british had an idea about the jagannath festival they called it jagornath and i guess it's now an english word it means the immovable force that just rolls over anything in its way and they saw this big festival of people pulling the cart the chariot of jagannath and uh, people were careful to get out of the way and if they didn't they could even be rolled over by the cart so an immovable force to be reckoned with something like that anyway as i say many different conceptions of jagannath but he asserted himself expressed himself to no one more than chaitanya mahaprabhu who has given a very charming and uh, romantic as it should be explanation of rathyatra as i said before the king ran away with a commoner it's big news and the result will be found that the common life was uncommon So it's a big story, a romantic story. And when Mahabhu Shichitana Dev returned from South India after touring for a couple of years and distributing his Nam Sankirtan, this is his Nam Dharma, distributing the name of Krishna and advocating the chanting and so forth. When he returned to Puri, then news was sent with Kal Krishnadas, who had been his companion, assistant in the south. And so the devotees in Bengal assembled and from where Shichatana Dev hailed and they began their journey to Puri it's about a 10 hour train ride an overnight train ride they came in walking and chanting and singing and dancing from Navadweep to Puri and as they began to arrive the raj of Puri Pratap Pratap Parudra was his name he was a very powerful king he was Gajapati Raj was a, like lord of elephants it means he could maintain many elephants which is not a, inexpensive so 
He was wealthy and powerful. The Muslims who were occupying India to a large extent couldn't penetrate into Jagannath Puri at the time because of his presence. And there he protected, or so he thought, Jagannath, who was the protector of the world, from the uh, Muslims who were, at the time, not very kindly disposed towards Hinduism and the worship of the deity and so forth. So, as they arrived, hundreds of them from Bengal, the hometown friends of Nimai Pandit, who had now become a sannyasi, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as a young lad only, about 25 years old. And news, of course, had been rippling throughout India, and the current was coming back to Nabadweep. Nimai Pandit has conquered Puri, Jagannath Puri, the king, and the guru of the king, Sarvabhama. They become the students of the young boy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When he's gone south, and news is coming back through Paramananda Puri, for example, whom he met in the south, who was on his way to Puri and then to Nadia. He was there when the news came, Mahaprabhu had arrived. He didn't wait for the whole party to go, he went ahead. So he had brought some news back of the conquests of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his conquest, his, uh, the power of his affection and love that was melting hearts everywhere <coughs> in a different country, as it was seen, in the south. In those days, India wasn't one particular country, but it was ruled by different rajas and so forth. He went unchecked everywhere, melting the hearts of everyone. And now he was returning to Puri, so the associates are coming, hundreds of them. And the Raj, Maharaj Prataprudra, he knew that his only hope for entering into the spirit of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila and dispensation was to go through his devotees. He was a king and he personified worldliness. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a sannyasi who personified, on the low end, renunciation. And the high end, of course, extraordinary praying, love of God. Love of God may be rooted in renunciation, as we were talking the other night, to the extent that renunciation is kind of an abstract face of love. It's the foregoing of exploitation. It's not the full face of love. So Mahaprabhu's love, love of Krishna, love of Radha and Govinda, it has some roots in renunciation, the wonderful metaphorical tree of love of God described by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is rooted in renunciation, personified by Paramananda Puri, the main root, and Keshava Bharati, and Brahmananda Bharati, Keshava Puri, all these big, heavy, heavy, elderly, renounced sadhus, sannyasins. So the two, renunciation and worldliness, are obviously polar opposites. And so how will the worldly man get the audience, the king get the audience, the enjoyer get the audience of the uh, renouncer? He was wise in his efforts and approached various devotees. He approached Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya and Ramananda Roy and so forth. So in this instance, when the devotees were coming from Bengal, Mahaprabhu's friends, his hometown friends, imagine how charged they were that their friend had become world-renowned sannyasin, conquering Jagannath Puri and the south and, and so forth. Of course, they think this is like a, an extra the main thing is he's our friend, he's from our place. <laughs> he's one of us. And just see, other people are recognizing too. We recognize them without the Aishvarya of Bhairagya. We're not particularly attracted to that, they thought. In fact, it causes some distance between us and him. But for the sake of others, he's taken on this, this guise of renunciation and so forth. That people might understand that the love that he personifies is not ordinary love. It's rooted in knowledge, 
It's informed love rather than uninformed love based on ignorance and attachment. It is only a face, appearance of love that is really not giving but taking only. So they're coming to Puri and the king asks Sarvabhoma. They go up on the roof, roof of the temple. I've had the occasion to go up near the roof, on the roof next door. It's high up, and you can see you know, from a distance there. And well, they could see them coming, hundreds of them, in Sankirtan. And so he asked Sarvabhoma, who are they? Let me know their names, and give me some introduction to them, these people from his hometown who are so affectionate for him and have such extraordinary love. And, of course, Sarvabhoma didn't know them all. Gopinath was there, his brother-in-law, he was more familiar, so the names were being, this is Advaitan, this Advaita, and this is Nitananda Prabhu, and that one is Govindan's group, they're here now with him, and so on. And the king is observing this, and seeing their ecstasy. And this is the Raj of Puri, which is a very prominent, prominent Hindu Tirtha, holy place. It's a Dham, actually, more than a Tirtha. Point being, millions and millions of people come to Puri, and they offer worship to Jagannath. And as I mentioned earlier, they have all different conceptions of who Jagannath is. Anywhere from the British idea of a heathen festival that runs people over, <laughs> uh, to uh, the Buddhist tantric idea, which is a non-theistic idea about him, to the Advaitins, who are, have a show of theism at times, that are ultimately non-theistic themselves, although they accept revelation as opposed to the Buddhists, to the proper Vaishnavas, concerned with etiquette, Mariad, and in relation to Bhagavan, his God, how to serve him, with reverential love and so forth, all these different concepts. He's seen them all, the Raj, and ones that we haven't mentioned. But he says to Sarvoma, I've never seen anything like this, Raj Kohe. Such premaiche, such prem, such singing, such dancing, such ecstasy. I've never seen anything like this. What is it called? What kind of worship is this? He wants to know. When they arrive at the feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what do they do? They didn't go to the Jagannath temple. They went to that place of Mahaprabhu's domicile in Puri, which was set up by the king at Kashimishra's. They went right there. The king says, what kind of praying is this? What, what kind of singing is this? What kind of dancing is this? What kind of worship is this? Why have they come here to Jagannath Puri and ignore Jagannath, the big temple? Mm-hmm. And they've gone straight to follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his quarters. What is this? And the wise Sarvabhoma, a new convert to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Dharma of the Nam, he says, what? He says, Emadurja. This is very sweet, he says. Emadurja Chaitanya Srishti Prem Sankirtan. He says, this is very sweet thing, like honey, like nectar, very sweet. And Madhurya, Madhurya means sweet. It applies love and intimacy. He says, Chaitanya Srishti. This is the creation of Chaitanya himself. This is his Srishti Lila. <laughs> Srishti Lila means the Lila of creation, the Lila of Mahavishnu. And Mahaprabhu's name at birth is what? Vishwambhar. He's the maintainer of the universe, like Mahavishnu. But 
Kaviraj Goswami informs us, he maintains it in a different way. He maintains it, he nourishes it, he sustains it with prem, with love. And indeed, we are all living for that love. Brahman is that from which the world comes. If we are to inquire into Brahman, we can know this first, that from whom the world comes. But Mahaprabhu, his sect is taking it a step further. The world comes from Brahman. And what is the world? What was his perception of the world? It is all for taste. People living only for taste. For rasa. Brahman is rasa. Rasuvai saha. He, Brahman is rasa. Rasuvai saha. The world is about rasa. Brahman is about rasa. About love. What comes out from the source must be within the source. Here we are searching for it, but we have the wrong angle of vision. Cannot find it. So this kind of thing about Brahman, Mahabharata comes to nourish the world with. Premarasa. So Chaitanya Shishti, this is his Shrishti Leela. Mahabharata has come to take the place of the Yuga Avatar. He is Krishna himself. And nourishing the world with Prem through his divine dispensation of Nam Sankirtan. Chaitanya Shishti, Prem Sankirtan, he said. It is the creation of Chaitanya himself. It is called Prem Sankirtan. Mahaprabhu is said to have woven like a wreath, like a garland, Prem and Namsan Kirtan. So there may be Namsan Kirtan without Prem. But this is a special dispensation. Prem Sankirtan. Through Harinam, he is giving Prem. Harinam. Harinam means, Harinam is the favorite name in Braj for Krishna. It's a favorite name. There are many names, but this is a favorite name. Hari means who steals? What has he stolen? The hearts of everyone. Who's stolen our heart? Hari. This Hari really pertains to Krishna because there is no other avatar who's a thief. Only Krishna. <laughs> we don't find the Sringa as a thief or Raha, Vamana. None of them. <laughs> Only Krishna. And this is what he steals. By his charming activities, he steals the hearts of his devotees. And there he resides in their hearts. He needs no other throne, and neither do they offer it to him. Any other throne or worshipable paraphernalia. Their worship is the fullness of their heart. Much as we don't give our heart, we have to give other things. What are those other things? Things that we have in our heart. <laughs> we give that and try to get away with not giving our heart entirely. I think he'll be satisfied with that. But he says something different. Patram pushpam param toyam. You made bhaktiya parachati. Whatever. I don't want anything. Patram pushpam palam toyam. Water, a fruit, a leaf, a flower. This is nothing. So you offer that with your heart in bhakti. Then I will accept it. He wants our heart. And that we are reluctant to give. We can give things that are in our heart. We can part with something from our heart, but not the whole heart. They've given everything. There's nothing in their heart but love for him. Their whole heart's given to him. When Mahaprabhu gave the uh, stone from Govardhan to Raghunath Das, he told him how to worship with prayer, with your heart. And what kind of paraphernalia? Oh, tulsi leaf, water. That is all secondary. Give your heart entirely. This is Ragmarg. And, of course, heart is emptied in the context of its pursuance and then filled, stolen by him, filled with love, and he takes his seat there. 
in the heart. And it is simple, simple worship. As I say, that's all they offer him. That's all. That's their heart. No big paraphernalia. It is said the streets are paved with touchstone there. There are descriptions like this. Cows are calmed You can milk them and get anything you want. From the trees, you can pick anything you want. They produce anything you desire. The wealth there, of course, is what? It is the prem. Golok er prem dhan. The wealth of Golok is the prem, is love. Ami jaina, ami jaina. They don't want anything else. They could pick anything from that tree. Get anything from the other of those cows. It's described like this to tell us what? That when you don't want anything except love for Krishna, and all such things are at your disposal. Bilba Mongol has said it like this. What is that word? Mukti? Mukulitanjitesve? He says, anyway, Bukti, Mukti. The goals of the people. To enjoy and to get Mukti, to get liberation from the suffering that the pursuit of enjoyment affords. These things come as maidservants of bhakti, offering themselves to the devotee. They have no interest in such. So the wealth of Golok is prem, Goloke prem, Goloke premodhan, Hodi nam sankitan, and Brajendra nandana je sachi se, Balaram hui lonitai. They are giving this. Goloke premodhan, how? Hodi nam sankitan. Through Hodi nam. They are giving prem. And what is prem then? Prem. This is our word, as I've said before. Prem. This is a Gaudiya word. Prem. Every other Sampradaya talks about mukti. Mukti is the goal. So even Vaishnava Sampradaya, mukti is the goal. And our prem prayojan. Of course, in the context of mukti, the Vaishnavas at least, the theists, the devotional Vedantists, in the context of mukti, they have some idea of love. But the kind of love that we find in the Brajlok, this is a full face of love. Even romantic love with God, friendly love with God, parental love with God. And these are all types of love that we have experience of, a shadow of here in this world. So the full face of love. Prem is really pertains to Braj. It's our word, Prem Prayojan. Panchama Purusharta. It's like uh, beyond Mukti, fifth goal of life. Prema Pumarto, Mahan. And what is Prem then? Prem for Krishna. Prem in relation to Krishna. And Krishna is what? A thief. He's got bad habits. He's defeated by his friends. He's chastised by his mother. He's sullen and uh, distressed if Radha does not give him attention. So he's, in a sense, imperfect. He looks imperfect, right? He looks imperfect. With eyes of love, prem, premanjana charita, bhakti vilo chanena, sandasari bhutadayeshu vilo kayandi. They see him with eyes of love, and love turns faults into ornaments. Actually, that's a fact that the world appears to be also imperfect. We like to fix it. There's a Japanese term, old term, wabi sabi. Do you know it? Wabi sabi. <laughs> Krishna is very wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi means many things, but kind of the basic idea is that within impermanence, there's permanence. Within imperfection, there's perfection. There's a kind of a perfection within imperfection. So the idea is something like, stop trying to fix everything. We're busy trying to fix everything. 
And you cannot fix everything. It's not possible. From our angle of vision, everything is just not quite right. <laughs> so we're busy trying to fix the environment. This is a folly. Politically, we try to fix it. Socially, we try to fix it. Psychologically, we try to fix it. So many ways we're busy trying to fix the world, trying to fix everything. But the teaching is, you cannot fix everything except one thing. And if you fix one thing, everything will be fixed. What is that one thing? Fix yourself. Doctor, cure thyself. Because what is wrong is the angle of vision we have only. To change the angle of vision. Prem is about this. About changing the angle of vision. And so we can trace out then. In Prem you can trace out what? The will of God behind everything. That nothing moves without. And what's to be fixed then? You've been fixed. This is our preoccupation though. Trying to fix the world. But we pay no attention to fixing ourselves which is a much, much, much bigger task. It's a bigger task, but there's hope you can be successful in this. And otherwise, in fixing the world, no hope. <laughs> there's no hope. No hope. So Mahabharata was given an idea like this through Harinam Sankirtan, how to fix yourself. This is brain. It turns imperfect into perfect, which is just a matter of perception. We're just looking from the wrong angle of vision, that's all. This is like some Buddhist wisdom, but we have to go beyond that. <laughs> like they say, chop wood and carry water. There's perfection in the here and the now. Change your angle of vision. So, again, Krishna is very wabi-sabi. <laughs> but with wisdom, of course, wisdom generally comes with age. It takes time doesn't come overnight. But with wisdom, with the gain of wisdom, comes the loss of innocence, often. Right? That is a shame. Both are valuable. There's value in innocence, and there's value in wisdom. So, to combine these two, this is the idea. And this is, this is Krishna consciousness, this is Prem. Innocence and wisdom, together. A fine combination, Prem. Gopis are full of innocence. But when the wise and learned Uddhava came to Braj to give them a message, to teach them the Upanishads, to tell them, don't cry, don't lament. Life is eternal. There's no need to lament. By the will of providence, things come and go. They were crying in separation from Krishna. He came to advise them with Vedanta, conventional wisdom of Vedanta. And he was schooled in it very well. But he couldn't answer their simple questions. The simple questions they put forth, like, we have loved him selflessly with no motivation. Why does he stay away? That should, by reasoning, bring him close, but he stays away. Uddhava couldn't answer. He came to tell them not to cry, according to Vedanta, but he found they were crying about Krishna, who is Brahma. They were crying for his association, and profusely. They were learning wisdom, wise Uddhava was bewildered by their brain, which is full of innocence. But there's a wisdom in it, as I say, that transcended even the scriptural knowing, if you will, of Uddhava. Shudibayabhimbhigyam, he used to wander around for a couple of months singing prayers like this. Shudibayabhimbhigyam is beyond the Veda where I've come here, this Braj place. Innocence and wisdom combined. So here we transcend the wisdom of the Buddha, 
he asks, Buddhists may ask, if Krishna is the cause of everything, who is the cause of Krishna? And what is our answer? Prem, Premamai Radhe. Let Prem correspond with Krishna. Vachinta Veda Veda. That love of Krishna is one with Krishna. So this Prem, Goloke Premodan Hari Nam Sankirtan. Mahaprabhu is giving this through Nam Sankirtan. A very high idea. It is in the language of Sarbam Bhattachar, Chaitanya Shishti. It's a creation of his own. Another creation. Bhagavatam is said to be like this too. What does it say? Tadvag Visargo. Tadvag Visargo Janataga Vipavo Yasmin Pratishlokum Abadhavatiapi. Namani Anantasya. That Tadvag, that Bak speech, Tadvag Visargo of the Bhagavatam is Visargo. It is another creation altogether. Tadbhag Visargo Janataga Viplavo. It is revolutionary Viplavo. It has the power to, to change everything, to fix everything. <laughs> it has the power to fix everything. And it's speaking to you. Fix yourself, fix yourself, fix yourself. And how? Yatra Sankirtane Naiva Sarvasabdha Bilabdhite. Through Sankirtan. The great Bhagavatam ends with this verse, glorifying Sankirtan. This is what it's about. Satyam param dimahi. It is a plural meditation. Sankirtanam. And at the end it says like this, and throughout, but at the end it ends, it rests with the last sloka of Bhagavatam. So, do nam Sankirtan. And the great treatise of Srimad Bhagavatam comes to rest. It is another creation altogether. Even one shloka from this can change your life. And what is it? Bhagavatam? It says here that there may be some irregularity in the composition from a poetic point of view, from a literary point of view. There may be some literary fault. It's a very sophisticated text, Bhagavatam. You will not find any theological text in the world that compares to the standard of Bhagavatam in its length, its literary content, its theological content. It's vast and deep. This book should be brought to light in the modern world. We should attempt to plumb the depths of it. And Bhagavatam says, come on, come, bring your intellect to me. Come on, bring it. Argue with me, Bhagavatam says. Bring it here. Bring all the force of your argument, all of your intelligence. Study me from cover to cover. And what will happen to you? <laughs> he says, Nasta Prayeshu All your meanness will go away. You want to survive. Darwin says, become mean. The more mean you become, the greater potential you have to survive. Survival of the meanest, whoever is the fittest. And Bhagavatam is teaching survival of the kindest. The kind will survive. Love will prevail. Love has more power. Love will conquer all much more comprehensively than force. And so make yourself into a lover, Bhagavatam says. Turn yourself into a lover. Hear me, Bhagavatam says. Come, bring your intelligence. Argue with me. Nastapraeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. 
Bhagavati Uttama Shlokya Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki. What will happen? All the meanness will go out of you. Kama, lobe, lust, greed will leave your heart. You're becoming fit now for survival in a real world, in an enduring life. And we want to endure. You will endure in this way by giving, not by taking, by being kind, not by being mean. No one thinks that Hitler is more evolved than a Mother Teresa. <laughs> no one thinks like that. This is common sense. The most evolved person that is the kindest person. And namo mahabodanaya. Krishna prema pradayate. Krishnaya Krishna chaitanya namne. Rupa Goswami has identified him. He says, this is his guna, his quality. Namo mahabodanaya. He's mahabodanaya. He's very magnanimous, supremely magnanimous. As we heard this morning, he comes, what does he bring? Where is he coming from? Golok. So what is he bringing? He's bringing the prem, that is the wealth from there. If he's going to do charity from Golok, well, he has to give what the wealth is there. So I think I'll go to another place and give some wealth of our place. You find some valuable thing that's grown in your country, and you bring that. Oh, Maharaj, Swami, you take this. In our country, we grow this. We like it very much. That's a nice gift. Whatever is most dear to you, that you should offer. Then gradually, your heart will be full with love. So Mahabhu is coming from Golok. What will he bring? I bring some praying. This is the wealth from here. <laughs> what else do I have to give? Mukti, anything like material acquisition. This is nothing. Streets are lined with touchstones and diamonds. and People walking on them. They're walking on road of diamonds. No interest in Aishwarya. Sometimes Golok is described like this. We wonder, what is all this Aishvarya? It's like the streets are made of diamonds. and It means like they're walking on them. That's the point. <laughs> There's no interest in that. And Mukti? Yeah, no interest in going anywhere. When the inhabitants of Golok asked Krishna, he had gone to the depths of the ocean to bring his father back. And Varuna offered prayers to him. When he came up on the surface and saved his father, then the father said, oh, he's wonderful. <laughs> and so then they asked can you tell us what will be in our next life? They wanted to know. They asked Krishna, what will be in our next life? Though so he gave them a vision. What did they see? They saw Golok. We'll be there with our friends, the cows, houses. Jumuna will be there, the river, at the same place. Oh, very nice. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we'll take everything with us, something like this. A very mystical idea, actually. The idea is what? The substance of that, Gokul, is Prahim. And it's the same thing. In praying, we can interrelate with everything. No running away. Ganmarg, renunciation, it's about running away. I say we have renunciation, but in the context of the cultivation of praying. So what does it do? It brings us in touch with everything on friendly terms. If you love a thing, then it will tell you all its secrets. Try it. If you want to know comprehensively, to be a lover, then a person, a thing, whatever, the world, the environment, will tell you all of its secrets. And when you have that kind of relationship with everything, then everything's friendly with you. Environment is friendly. You're not taking from it. So the environment is friendly. So in praying, there's no need to go anywhere. Karma is about going somewhere. And jnana is about going away from everything. And praying is about, stay right here. Vishvam Purnam Sukhayate. Vishvana said, the world, I saw it as an abode of happiness. Because he's a lover, not a taker. So Mahabhu coming to give this. This is his coin, Prem. And who is it for? The most qualified people. 
so highly qualified they are, isn't it? Mukti is nothing to them. Material acquisition is nothing to them. Nothing. Everyone's chasing after these things. Material acquisition, bhukti, and mukti. Some people want some siddhi to control. It's all about controlling. Bhukti, mukti, siddhi, kami, sakali, ashanta, krishna bhakta, nishkam, shanta. If you have calm, desire for bhukti, for mukti, for siddhi, you can never get shanti, never get any peace. This is like living in a haunted house, haunted by the desire for bhukti, mukti, siddhi. And Krishna bhakta nishkam, atayiva shanta. Who's Krishna bhakti? is nishkam. No desire. No desire means prem, love. Not in some abstract way, no desire. No personal desire, no selfish desire. So this is for most qualified people. They've gone beyond mukti even, beyond even Baikuntha. And he's going to come, but he's coming here. And when? In Kali Yuga. The most degraded age. But what can he do? This is his wealth. So what will he give? He gives that. This is magnanimity. To give the highest thing to the lowest people. To give the most valuable thing to the most unqualified people. Generally, we will give the valuable thing to those who have qualification. But he is giving to the most unqualified. That is magnanimity to the extreme. So, Rupa has identified him as such. Goloke, he says, this is his quality. He's magnanimous. What is his leela? Krishna prema pradayate. He gives Krishna prema. Krishna prema pradayate. What is his name? Krishna. Namomahabadanaya Krishna prema pradayate. Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya namne. And what is his roop? Gauratise. is golden. Krishna in golden form. Antara Krishna Bahi Gauram. Inside he's Krishna, dark, but outside he's golden, in love for Krishna, like Radha. He is giving Krishna Prem. This is his gift to the world. And this is the gift of Bhagavatam. Therefore, Bhagavatam was his heart. This Bhagavatam is about the Namsankirtan. It said, Gayati Basha Rupo So. Bhagavatam is a commentary on Gayatri. Gayatri is the flute sound of Krishna. Gayatri means sound for deliverance. Song of deliverance. Gayatri. And Mahabharata was turning that Gayatri into Namsan Kirtan. Same thing. This Namsan Kirtan is saying. The sound of deliverance. So Chaitanya Shishti is the creation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The same as Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam has power. Like Harinam, he said, as I mentioned, even if the shlok has some literary fault, doesn't matter. And what about Harinam? What if you chant in your sleep? Bhagavad itself says this chanting, you can do it in your sleep and you can become perfect. <laughs> even while eating, while talking, while walking. Generally we should pay attention, but <laughs> we should pay attention. If such a thing, even casually taking has such power, then these things are said. To cause us to pay attention. Oh, is such a thing like this? And if you run after this, praying through Namsan Kirtan, Bhagavatam says, even if you fall and trip on the way, no loss. Other practices, it's making a comparison. Like in Karma Marg, people do sacrifices to get a good daughter, to get a good son, to get a good husband. They do as mystical practices and, and mantras and so forth and procedures. And all this has to be done just perfectly right, then you can get the result. 
If you do it wrong, you could get the opposite result or no result. Just like in the chemistry lab, if you mix things just right, then you get the desired result. If you don't, you could get an explosion in your face in a test tube. This is the karma mark. There's no room for mistake. And in bhakti mark, so much room, all room. <laughs> this is the difference. These are two ends of the spectrum. Karma mark is like a child's play, the name of religion. Childish religion. It means give me, give me, give me. This is the children. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Right? This is child's play. So we worship God to get. God give me this. God give me that. Give me good son. Give me good wife. Give me good, give me increased income. Do a yagya, sacrifice for this. And this is all the childish idea of God. There's no love in this. It's only a business arrangement. There's no love there. So how close will you get to God by that? By love, you can get close to someone. By doing business, the idiocy of it, to, 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 to use God to facilitate my pursuance of ignorance and, and illusion and material attachment. How close are you going to get to God by that? There's no heart in it. And in Gyan, there's no heart either. Gyan means, I've seen through the illusion of material acquisition. I acquire material things. I think they'll make me happy. They change right before me. I bought a new car. I really wanted it for a long time. I finally got the money. I bought it. And it turned out to be a lemon. It's the same car, but it's changed, right? And that's the nature of material things. They're changing. I wanted to marry this handsome guy. He was so great. And then after all these years, he's just turned into like a couch potato. That's all. Right before my eyes, the whole thing's transformed. <laughs> this is a material existence. So one who sees through this, that material acquisition is just suffering. There's no happiness in that. Material attachment just produces sorrow. Then they say, what? I don't want to suffer. Is there any love in that? There's no love in taking, exploiting. Material acquisition is taking. There's no love in that. They ask God, help me. Help me in my criminal life here. Assist me in my exploitation of the world, of your world. <laughs> Help me to make things conform with the way I see it should be in my small world of my mind. How generous he is that he goes along with that. There is a path like that. He goes along with it. If that's what you want. And he gives it in such a way that gradually, even by doing that, gradually you come out of it. Therefore, we honor the karma mark also. It's found in Veda. And we don't want to offend Veda because that will offend the now. So anyway, someone grows in that mark, they come to Gyan. And Gyan means what? I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. There's no heart in that. There's no love in that. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. I so much don't want to suffer that I'm ready to just do away with myself altogether. There's no love in this. Very selfish idea. And in praying to see then. You have nothing to run away from, as I said. You can interact with everything. Everything is friendly. The environment becomes friendly. There's no need to go anywhere. So this is what Bhagavatam is giving. And what is the path? Namsankirtan. What is the difference between these two extremes of Ganmarg, of Karma Marg, two ends of the spectrum, and Ragmarg of praying? In Karma Marg, all the details are important. And there's no substance to it. There's no heart in it. It's all mechanical. If you get it right, you get the result. There's no heart in it, as we've explained. And in Prem, it's all heart. All heart, so all the details, there. Yeah. Madhya is tying Krishna up. What is that? Friends are wrestling him to the ground. 
Radha is not letting him in the kunja. It looks, in other words, that the details of the worship are not in place. In fact, he's being abused, abusing the deity, dealing with him like that. That he would take such abuse and he will relish that more than the chanting of the Vedas. This is what Harinam is about. The Prem Sankirtan of Mahaprabhu. That kind of chanting and the spirit behind that, the seva that corresponds with that. Krishna likes that more than the chanting of the Vedas. Perfectly, with the proper intonation. Even if you just say it imperfectly, like parents like to hear their young children just da 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 da. They can't even say the word properly. You see, he's that Hare Krishna. <laughs> they like that. They like that more than when he can lecture to them. Dad, uh, I don't think you should do that. I'm going my own way, Dad. So, Krishna likes this. And it said, Mahaprabhu told that the ignorant say Vishnaya and the learned say Vishnave. But if it's offered with the heart, then both are accepted. Right? And if you say it right, Vishnave, Om Vishnave, but there's no heart, then he's not interested in that. You say it wrong, Vishnaya, Om Vishnaya, Namaha. He says, I think you meant Vishnave, right? Take it. I will take that offering. Your heart is there. So this is path of the heart, truly. It's interesting to note in the contemporary spiritual marketplace today of ideas about what is the spiritual, that is the task of the century, so to speak, to define the spiritual. Bill Moyers made a comment like that. If you look carefully, you see what? That every path out there that has any currency is trying to define itself as a path of the heart. In Buddhism, what is the popular form of Buddhism? The compassionate Buddhism, like of the Dalai Lama, right? Compassion. It says so much currency. People are coming talk after talk after talk about compassion. It's a kind of a Buddhism with a heart. Or they have Advaitin, new Advaitin schools now, and they call themselves the path of the heart. It's the only thing that has any currency. And you look at them and see, are they paths of the heart, or to what extent? And you look at what Mahaprabhu is giving. <laughs> it's a full heart path from beginning to end. It's all it's about. By exercising the heart, knowledge comes, renunciation comes automatically. If that's the interest, and it is, that's the interest in the spiritual marketplace, in the heart, in love. This doctrine of Mahapu is the perfect ticket then. I was interviewed the other day by a gentleman who has something called Dharma Cafe, and I was explaining this point to me. He says, well, Swami, all the spiritual paths out there, they all speak of service and sacrifice. So how is what you're saying unique? I said, yeah, I agree. They all speak about service and sacrifice. But I said, but for what? Then just hit him like a ton of birds. He said, yeah, for what? Sacrifice for mukti, through service to get mukti. He got it. <laughs> yeah. And this is service for what? For its own sake. Bhakti for bhakti's sake. Bhakti sanjataya bhakti. Only bhakti gives bhakti. We do bhakti to get bhakti. And mukti comes. Can you get? I asked him. Can mukti give bhakti? He said, no. Can bhakti give mukti? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, which is better? Bhakti can give mukti. Easily. But mukti can never give bhakti. Never. So this is the path of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Chaitanya Shishti, his own creation. It is like Bhagavatam, a creation of its own. It means it's different from the world. Yes, he's Vishwambar, maintainer of the world, but in a unique way. He's maintaining with Prem, nourishing the world with Prem. Chaitanya Shishti. 
Prem Sankirtan. And it is very simple. Even if you make mistake along the way, there's a huge learning curve. If you don't offer it right, but your heart is in the right place, this is the idea. Nam Sankirtan, there are Namamakari There are no rules that govern it. This is love. No rules govern love. And love governs all. Love has the power to govern and control all. Nothing can control love, and love can control everyone and everything. When you love someone, then they want to be controlled. Try it. <laughs> Try it. You give your kids freedom. Give them freedom. Not all the time. Symptom. You give them freedom. <laughs> give them freedom. Give them enough freedom. More than they can take, then they'll come back to you. I think you can control me a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> It's our problem again. We want to control everything. So what we want. We want to control everything. There's not much love in that. So Mahabhu giving freedom. Take Harinam, no rules. Then we say, is there anything I can do to do this better? But Mahabhu say, no, you actually don't. Don't try to add anything. That's what we think. It's such a simple thing. Love is very simple. It's a simple talk. So it's so simple that we think there must be more to it must be more to it. Just by chanting all this, there must be more to it. So we want to embellish the chanting. We'd be attracted to chanting if there's chanting going on and there's a lot of people there. Let's go. You can sit and chant in your home, but no, there's a lot of people over there. So we'll go over there and chant. Big thing, they got a big big temple up there. They got a, there's a lot of money, there's food, there's all kind of things going on. They chant over here and it's big things happen. Big material things manifest. Let's go there. You understand? This is, this is only karma. This is the influence of karma in our heart. We want something to show for it. We're interested in the big thing. There's a lot of people. So there's to be a social life. They can provide for us. We join that group. There's a lot of them. They've got big temples and money and everything. Let's go there. Why? You could just chant in your own. Not that we don't want good sangha. Anyway, then somebody else on the other side. He's chanting. Very renounced. Only eats Tulsi leaves on weekends. <laughs> like he must really have it. We go there. So we try to be renounced. We like make some regime for renunciation and some dietary regime and all these things. It will enhance. No, let it come from chanting of its own. The fruit will drop from the tree when it's ripe. Something like that. You cannot augment it. It's augmenting. We just bringing in our conditioning. The two tracks on which our life runs: boga and tiag. Boga and tiag. So it's so simple, the chanting. We think we have to add to it. No. Goloka is like that. Prem is like that. It's too simple. But this is what Mahaprabhu was given. So to try to catch that, we have to become a little simple, a little innocent, like the Brajabhasis. But there's wisdom in that. All whole Bhagavata is speaking about it from so many different angles of vision. It says, bring your own intellect. Come on. Bring it. Let's debate. This is the Bhagavata's invitation. And that will take the meanness out of you. I will convert you entirely into a lover. You want to argue? Come argue with me. This will end all argument. You will fall in love. Bhagavatam gives a challenge like this. Come forward. So Mahabhu has given this. This is his Prem Sankirtan. Prem Sankirtan means also Mahabhu is Prem, personified. And Vipralamba Prem. Mahabhu showed both sides. He showed the side of Krishna feeling separation from Radha in Puri. Krishna, in the mood of Krishna, feeling separation from Radha. And Kabira says, when he acted like this, Ramananda Roy gave him solace. Just like Subal would give solace to Krishna. In Vrindavan, 
when Krishna would feel separation from Radha. How did he do it? He chanted in his ear, Hare, Radhe, Radhe. And Kaviraj says, when Mama was in the mood of Radha, feeling separation from Krishna, which came to predominate over him, at that time, then Surup Damodar would pacify him, just like Lalita Saki would pacify Radha in the Braj. How would she do so? Krishna. Hare Krishna. She would chant Krishna Nam in his ear. So Mahabhu is this personification like Vipralamba Murti. Vipralamba, Prem and separation. And in this way he's chanting. And this is what he's distributing. The idea is to bring them together. It said, if you see a hummingbird enter a lotus, your life is perfect. If you see the hummingbird go in the lotus, get captured there, your life is perfect. This is the poet's Gaudiya school. It means to see the union of Radha and Krishna. This is perfection. To bring the hummingbird of Krishna into the lotus of Radha. And this is what Ratha Yatra is about. Mahabhu's Prem Sankirtan. It is about this. Gora. As I said the other night, Gora. Sometimes his name is spelled Gora. G-O-R-A. Long A. Gora. It means Govinda, Radha. And who is Govinda? Govinda is the enjoyer. Govinda. He rules over the senses. He's enjoy- Go means senses here. He enjoys the senses. And Radha means Aradhana. One is a taker, the other is the giver. To unite the supreme taker with the supreme giving. This is Ratha Yatra. And how is that unification coming about? By the preem of Radha. Jagannath has been roped, tied down with ropes and dragged off of his throne onto the streets. Preem is dragging him through the street and anybody can come and touch him at that time. Anybody. So the preem makes him available as private of a thing as it is, as high of a thing is, by the very nature of it, it makes him available, nonetheless. This is Chaitanya Leela. Pursuing that frame of Radha, he makes himself available. His private life gets exposed to everyone. So, the king, royalty, Nilachal, he's sitting on the blue hill, blue is the color of royalty. He's the king, Jagannath. He's dragged to Sundarachal, from royalty to beauty to charm, off the throne, who is he? Mahaprabhu was showing. Who is this Jagannath? Many people worshipping. I'll show you who he is. Put a rope around him and drag him off that. <laughs> Look at him up close. This is who he is. He's mine. Conquered by love. When a king runs off with a commoner, then all the attention goes to the commoner. What is their position? It's uncommon. Obviously it's uncommon. There's the power to take the king off his throne. What is the power in that? Greater power than the kingdom itself. And the throne itself. And where does he reside? In the heart of Radha. That's his throne. Here he's happy. And there's no extra paraphernalia, no nothing required. That love is sufficient. Possessed by that, conquered by that. Sundarachal, that is Gundicha, that is Vrindavan. The mountain of beauty and charm conquers Nil Madhav. From Nilachal, he goes to Sundarachal. From the kingdom, Dwarka, he's taken to Vrindavan to live in the village, to become one of them. Who's Chitei Nalina? What is it? Gopis, they say like this. We don't have the Yogeshwarai. We don't have the power of yogis or karmis or jnanis. We don't have all that power to approach God with this. We have our another interest. We are in samsara and we want him in samsara. <laughs> we're here and we're not leaving. It's too hard to get out. So we're going to take him and bring him here. That's all. And when the uncommon one comes amongst the commoners, 
then the uncommon nature of the common people becomes known. That is the idea. So, in this way, we are speaking something, Nam Mohima, some glory of the holy name, as it's described by the sadhus and saints and scriptures and so forth. And as I mentioned, I wanted to culminate this talk with giving the blessing for chanting in a systematic way to two of our students. The eligibility for this is faith. Faith comes in a general way through meeting with devotees, but it comes in a specific way when we meet a devotee who speaks about it, who personifies it in such a way that it just draws us in and we have to put our chips there. Faith is drawn in a condensed and so now I was going about it in a general and a haphazard way. Now in a systematic way I'll go with good guidance and I feel comfortable, happy with that. I feel that I must do this, not out of law, but I can see it is in my interest. It's good for me. If I miss this train, then it'll be over. train is moving, and it is moving. So this is beginning. Initiation means beginning. It doesn't stop here. Just slow down enough to pick you up, that's all. You've got to keep up with the train. It's going at a fast clip. No stopping along the way. Non-stop. They have that Rajdani, you know. And then, then the Radharani Express. There's a Radharani Express from Bengal, from Navadweep to Vrindavan. It's the name of the train in India. Radharani Express. You get on that train. <laughs> no stopping. So, beginning. And so we encourage you to take advantage, pay attention to the chanting. Chant on your beads. You can be quarter-lack putty. <laughs> you could chant 16 rounds a day. Build up from there. And you should use your common sense and avoid things that will not be conducive. Raj Parikshit told the Kali, personification of Kali, when he said, well, I'm here, it's my time. The king was chastising him. He said, well, I'm here, what, what can I do? It's my time, I can't really go away. He said, all right, you can go wherever there is animal slaughter. He said, there's none of that here in your kingdom. He said, well, then you can go wherever there's substance abuse. Said, well, that doesn't go on here either. He said, then you can go wherever there's dishonesty and trying to beat the system. Avoiding an honest day's labor, something like that. He said, well, that doesn't go on here either. Then he said, you can go wherever there is sex life that does not cause one to grow. Wherever there is sex that doesn't cause one to grow. And what is growth? Growth means to grow in terms of being whole, and that's able to give oneself. The more whole you are, the more you can give. So growth means to become whole. So when we have sex, for example without any other consideration, not out of any love, any affection. You know, it's a way of showing affection. This should be done for that. If you have sex for children, you grow. This is even more progressive. If you try it, not yet, but some of you. But if you have a child, then you'll grow. You'll finally understand. My father was pretty smart, actually. He was a smart guy. He had some few good things, anyway, to say. As soon as you have a child, then you think very differently. You become responsible. You want to set a good example and so forth. So you grow. This is the idea. He said, well, anyway, it's sex without pursuit of real human and spiritual growth that doesn't go on in your kingdom. So he said, all right, then you can go wherever there is a hoarding of money. So a little of that was going on. He went there and he stayed there. And then all those other things came. So don't hoard money. Do you have any? I have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hoard their money. 
And of course, wherever you give your money, that's where you go. Think about it, right? If you give money, I spent my good hard-earned money there. I want to see how they're going to spend it at that temple. I'm going there. <laughs> so, of course, if you have that attitude, we say, keep it. You can keep your money then. Give the money, but don't bring your control along with it, something like that. It's to give up control. That's the idea. Anyway, so avoid these things. They will not be helpful. Just use your common sense about this. And so, now, come forward here. We've got all kinds of beads to give you. These are beads for chanting. They're called counter beads. It's a misnomer. They're chanting beads, not for counting. They go like this. Four on one end, 16 on the other. So you can chant 16 rounds, and then you can pull one. Then you can chant 16 rounds, then you can pull two. 16 rounds, then three, and four, that's one lakh. But you can chant a quarter lakh to start with. Okay, so counter beats, but Mahaprabhu's teaching is not to count, but to chant. Kirtaniya Sadahari. So don't, chanting, chanting, chanting. And let's see, how far am I? Let's see, I've got six more. Not like that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's supposed to go around and around in a circle, so you never come to the end. So those are the chanting beads, right? One type of chanting beads. Now these are the neck beads. So by these beads, they identify you as a chanter. If you forget to chant, then people will see these beads and remind you, oh, you're one of those chanters, right? (laughs) And that way you get protection from these beads. They protect you. That's part of your... Uniform. Okay. Now these are the japa beads, which you do the japa of the nam on. Chanting. Start here with the big bead. Chant with the middle finger and the thumb. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And go to the next bead. Okay. So now give me your right ear. And a bag for your beads. So many beads, you need a bag. Your name is Gore Sundar. Gore Sundar Das. Gore Sundar. Jai Gore Sundar. Jai. Next. Okay, you get the same counter beads, chanting beads, neck beads. You better do more of that, um, <laughs> that exercise program. Here, come. Okay. Generally, we put it around three times, but it's going to be six months before we can get, get that size on you. We're working on that here. We have a body, mind, and soul program here. So. Okay, here's your bag. I've known you for a long, long time now. It's good to see you again. Stay with me. Your name is Nitai Sundar. Nitai Sundar. Nitai Sundar. So, please all the assembled Vaishnavas give your blessings to these young men and they be successful in all their efforts and set a good example so that they have someone to look up to and be inspired by. Vishnu Brindaki Jai. Oh Bhakta Brindaki Jai. Go Premanande. Maharaj Jai.